You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Welcome back to The Food Code. Yes. I'm excited for today because this is a hot topic right yeah. now. It's, you know, it's an area of frustration for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think, a lack of knowledge a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can shed some light on why things might not be going as you think they should, why you are currently struggling, why you've seen plateaus or your, you know, progress and weight loss has stopped, all of those things. So hopefully we can shed some light around that and we're going to share our own frustrations because mm-hmm. we have them just the same, guys. We are human. Yes. So, I mean, this is part one of reverse dieting and understanding your body's needs and what happens metabolically, hormonally, and why you start to get some negative biofeedback when yep. you are trying to diet for too long. And I would say probably three of the five people that have signed up recently, I'm reverse dieting because they're in such mm-hmm. a chronic calorie deficit. So really want you guys to pay attention to this and maybe even re-listen to it because there's some really important information we're going to cover and help you understand why you cannot stay in a calorie deficit, especially a large calorie deficit for long periods of time yeah. without adapting and getting to a place where you stall out. Yep. Because your body's smart and it's doing all kinds of stuff underneath the hood that you don't even realize. Yep. So Beck and I thought we would share our frustrations today Mm -hmm. because we don't want you guys to think that we never feel frustrated, that we never (sighs) deal with scale issues or, you know, getting constipated or having hormonal imbalances. It is common. And so we were talking this morning, um, a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, I feel really lean. I was on my menstrual cycle at Mm -hmm. the time. Like, well, this is kind of odd, you know. Normally, your menstrual cycle, you feel like the flow, whatever. <laughs> I was feeling really, really lean, anyways. Uh, started to kind of notice some negative biofeedback, and I was like, I need to come up to maintenance calories for a little mm-hmm. while. Physically, felt great, started to get you know a little bit more energy, stronger lifts in the gym. Mm-hmm. But I saw that scale number moving a little bit too, and I was like, damn you, scale. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, um, yeah, I don't know what's been happening the last couple of weeks, something that I'm kind of diving into. I think that I've been just under eating, even Mm -hmm. though I cycled out of maintenance, I didn't cycle out of it long enough Yeah. or sorry, cycled back up to maintenance. So I'm going to be cycling up to maintenance again, and then I'm going to get some more blood work done and kind of see what's, what's going on because the scale is not in my favor right now. But that said, uh, you know, my lifts feel good and for the stress levels that we're at right now and travel and Uh sleep. Um, you know, I'm not surprised. I shouldn't be surprised, but it doesn't mean that it's not frustrating. No. And I think I've had some ups and downs. I find personally, like I go through spurts of, I feel great. Mentally, I'm in a good place. I accept my new lifestyle as a mom and I'm not competing anymore. And then I'll have moments. I think this past weekend, especially because Wadapalooza was happening And I see all of the people, a lot of my friends, a lot of my old, you know, people that I used to compete against are competing and they are shredded. They look awesome to my, you know, that's how I used to be. And my life's just not there anymore. And so right now I'm about, I was 
about like, you know, seven to eight pounds heavier than I was when I was competing, which is acceptable. Like when I was competing, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't eating enough. I was training two to three hours a day and I've addressed that before. Um, but for whatever reason the past week and not much has changed, um, I saw my scale jump two to three pounds. Um, so I usually hover around like 168, 169 for the most part. Past couple days, I've been at like 172, 172.5. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And it, you know, Liz and I had gone down the road of seeing the scale jump and sabotaging Mm -hmm. and either direction, you know, we see the scale jump. What's the point? I'm just going to go back to eating shit because I don't care. What's the point? It's not working. And the opposite direction of like, well, I need to eat less. I'm going to starve myself. Um, and we want to bring this up because we're not saying that we don't get frustrated and we're not saying that we don't always focus on the scale still sometimes. But what we are saying is that regardless of what the scale says, I take it as a point of data. Mm -hmm. I disconnect from it as much as I can emotionally. Like initially I'm like, what the hell, what's going on? But Mm -hmm. I take a step back. Okay. I need to dive into this. I need to know how to make myself feel my best. Cause like Right now, I just don't also feel my best. I feel like I'm getting weaker in the gym. I feel like I'm really tired. I'm lacking energy. I brought calories up. I gained weight. So something's going on. Something inflammation-wise, I'm sure, is going on with my body. I'm working with someone right now um, to address my hormones because if my husband and I want to get uh, pregnant again at some point in the near future and hopefully hopefully without IVF again, um, I need to make sure that I'm in a, you know, a good place hormonally and metabolically. And so I'm going to dive into it more and I'm excited about it. Um, because I want answers and sometimes it takes getting the blood work. Sometimes it takes that extra step and, you know, paying the money for it, honestly, Mm -hmm. to get someone that's an expert and dive into things and figure out Mm -hmm. what's going on. So know that we are, you know, we are human. We experience the frustrations with the scale, just like you guys do. Um, we experience, frustrations with our body and not feeling good in our own skin and all of those things, guys. Yeah. And I think it's important to bring up the fact that our education is why we don't self-sabotage anymore. Right. And so our goal with this podcast is to educate the general population mm-hmm. on things that the diet culture are not educating on because that's how they earn a yeah. lot, a lot of money. Right. <laughs> Um, and I think it's very important also to acknowledge that you can go to your doctor and you can ask for testing and you can ask for blood work, but sometimes it's not either the right blood work or it's not in depth as much. And so, especially as females, there's a lot of things that go on with our body throughout our menstrual cycle. Um, it's important if you're going to test your hormones that you test them on specific days or at a couple times of the month and you're that you're very dialed in knowing where you're at in the phase of your menstrual cycle, because that is going to impact what your hormone test shows. So I had my test done a few months ago and I just don't believe that it was enough. Um, and so I was just telling Becca this morning, I'm like, I'm excited for her to get her testing done and I'm probably going to follow suit, um, and do the same next month just because Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like the more data that we have is, more knowledge for us to be able to make adjustments and very interesting from the podcast we did with Amanda, she was talking about the clients that she works with, with thyroid and that none of her clients are under 2000 calories. And I got to thinking like, wow, I've been cutting around 1600 calories. I was feeling good for a while and seeing good results with that. But I don't think I've spent enough time at maintenance between. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm starting to see the repercussions of Mm -hmm. because You know, it is one thing to come out of a calorie deficit for a week, but sometimes we need to come out the same amount of time that we are in the cut. Totally, totally. And I I think, like, Nick always jokes with me. He's like, you think something's always wrong with you? (laughs) 
was like, I don't like, I know something's wrong with me because I know my body. Like I know what yeah. feels normal. I know what I should feel like. And at the end of the day, I'm sorry if I want to optimize my health. Yeah, and I want to feel your best. Last night, like I want to get pregnant and not have to do IVF. I want to get pregnant and have it be my body that's doing it and mm. my body being in a good place. And so um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to dive deeper into your health, guys. Like learning more and learning as much as you can. That is, that's, that's knowledge. And yeah. knowledge is power and being able to feel your best on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is power. Absolutely. So we want to talk to you guys about the typical frustration that can happen because let me let me explain this to you you're dieting you see some progress at first and then somewhere along the way it stops working and you do one of two things you slash calories even more or you start working out more i'm going to start doing the treadmill two hours instead of one hour and you may see a bit of more progress but eventually it stalls out and no matter what you do you can't get anything to budge anymore and you might even see the weight come back on or you just give up all together and you say, screw it, this isn't working anymore. This plan wasn't right for me and you revert back to old habits. Um, so we want to talk to you about what tends to go on in terms of your body, in terms of the chemical reactions, the hormonal reactions, the metabolic reactions um, in your body and kind of what to watch out for. So the first thing that we want to cover is hormones. So when you're in a calorie deficit for a long, prolonged period of time, and like Liz was saying, Anything beyond, like, I would say 500 to 600 calories of a calorie deficit for 6 to 12 weeks Mm -hmm. or longer. Um, There's some hormonal responses that start to happen. Uh, One of them being our thyroid. So your thyroid has multiple hormones as a part of it. The thyroid is kind of this big... big system that essentially controls all things metabolic. Yeah, I was going to say, the the thyroid is the driver of your metabolism. Yes. Yes. Um, One, I'm not going to pronounce the name of this. I'm just going to call it T3 because I will totally butcher the name. I don't understand why hormones have to have these super long names. They do have, like, really strange names. (laughs) And then I just feel like every time I try to pronounce them, I just sound stupid because I can't pronounce them. So, But T3 is what we're talking about. T3 is a hormone. um, And it's known to play a very important role in regulating your metabolic rate. So when your thyroid is properly supported with enough calories and dun 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 carbohydrates, it will show an increase in circulating thyroid hormones, which often means an increase in metabolic rate. Okay, so lower levels of intake, aka a calorie deficit or super low carb, show lowered thyroid levels, which decreases metabolic rate. So when you eat more, and guys, Carbohydrates support your thyroid. Mm-hmm. This is shown in the research. Like it is necessary for thyroid health, which is, I believe, a huge reason why so many people have thyroid issues mm-hmm. now. Because everyone did the low carb fads. The number of thyroid that are undiagnosed oh is shocking. Oh my god! It's estimated something insane, like twenty six million people or something with undiagnosed thyroid issues. Because they're going to they the doc- only test TSH. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That was going to be my next. And the point. normal ranges are not normal. No. So every year, as more and more people become unhealthy and they have diagnosis of thyroid disease or autoimmune conditions, Mm -hmm. those ranges get wider and wider. So what is quote-unquote normal is definitely not optimal, and those ranges are much wider than they were maybe 10, 15 years ago, right? Not to mention that the doctors, when they're running your basic thyroid panel, they're not actually looking for free T3, and that is your active thyroid hormone. So it's great that they run TSH, T4, total T4, 
but if you don't know your free T3, which is what T4 converts to, it's a pointless test because you don't know how well your body is actually utilizing the hormone at the cell receptor site. And interesting what we talked about with Amanda, the reverse T3, that is T3 that is created, but it's not able to be put to yeah. use. And so it's very important to understand all of your thyroid hormones and to be looking at all of them on a lab work before you go and have Synthroid prescribed to you or whatever medication the doctor just wants to band-aid your issues with. You guys, like thyroid conditions are so complex and most general practitioners are not educated enough to be able to treat it in the way if you want to feel yeah. and look your best and be optimized, right? Yep. yep. So... The next hormone that we're going to talk about is leptin. So leptin is a hunger hormone, and this is technically your satiety hormone. So you have leptin, which is your satiety hormone, and then you have ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone. It should tell you when you're hungry. So leptin being your satiety hormone should show up after you've eaten to tell you that you're full. And it also regulates fat storage and how many calories you eat and burn. So caloric restriction has shown and lower body fat levels. So when you lose weight you start to decrease the amount of leptin you produce, meaning you don't get as full as easily. So you're hungrier more often, and then you want more food. And this also, it, ghrelin also gets impact as well, but leptin's been shown to be more impacted by calorie deficits. Um, but you're essentially hungrier more, which makes sense because you're not you're in a calorie your body deficit. <laughs> yeah, and you're in a calorie deficit. And if you're in a very, very large calorie deficit, this is the point where like you almost feel like you're starving, like you feel like you're paralyzed by food. So, mm -hmm. you know, our belief is that you should be able to be in a good calorie deficit. Yep. I'm going to say four to 500 calories a day. Like yep. you don't need to be in anything larger than that mm -hmm. in order to feel good and not have, you know, reverse impacts of dieting mm -hmm. um, show up immediately. So the next one here is testosterone. So this is the hormone that's primarily known for its role in increasing and maintaining muscle mass. This also helps increase resting metabolic rate, and it is shown to link with fat tissue regulation. So for me, I remember right before I got pregnant, I had my lab work done and my mm -hmm. testosterone was very, very low, almost like a woman in menopause. And so this made total sense why I wasn't able to gain strength in the gym very easily because I was in a calorie deficit, yeah. way too far of a calorie yeah. deficit. Um, and I was under eating, trying to lift and gain strength in the gym and it's just too much. Um, so the research suggests that high testosterone may subdue your body's ability to form fat cells, adaptogenesis. Yep. Um, and in this calorie deficit, testosterone decreases, which then in turn correlates with higher fat storage. That was me 1000%. Mm -hmm. Body fat wasn't changing. Yep. Strength wasn't increasing. Yep. I basically was just stalled out, but I was severely under eating. Yeah. And then the last big one, because there's tons of other hormones, guys. We are not covering all of them here. These are just kind of the big hitters, is cortisol. So cortisol is our stress hormone. A calorie deficit is a stress on your body, mm -hmm. which is why we often talk to our clients if they want to lose weight and we need to go into a calorie deficit to do so versus just like eating less processed foods, that kind of stuff. When you have to go into a specific calorie deficit in a cut, we are talking to them around are you in a high stress time in your life? Mentally, do you feel prepared to go into a calorie deficit? Because it's stressful on the body. Because you're basically not giving your body what it needs to sustain optimal function. So you need adequate energy to function optimally, and you're not giving it that to your body. So cortisol, when energy is restricted, research shows that cortisol will rise. So the rise in cortisol has shown to impact macronutrient metabolism and actually start to break down muscle mass instead of fat mm -hmm. because muscle mass is easier to get to than yeah. fat is. Yep. So it will catabolize the muscle. 
Yeah. And then you look skinny fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I want to, I want to say one more thing that I forgot about testosterone because mm-hmm. I don't remember what podcast it was that we mentioned sex drive yep. and I got like three or four emails after that saying I haven't had sex drive in a long time. Mm-hmm. That tells me number one, you need, you need to get out of a calorie deficit yes. because it will drive your testosterone into the ground and then you often see a drop in your libido and as we mentioned before, you should have the drive to procreate. Mm-hmm. So, so all these hormone changes are happening under the hood. You don't realize them until usually it's too late and you're starting to see the signs of them. But when you're in a calorie deficit, these changes are happening, which all have, as you've seen from what we're describing, impact your metabolic mm-hmm. rate, impact your body's ability to store fat, and your metabolism itself is also changing. Mm-hmm. So this is the next piece. So... Can we preface one thing? Yeah. You cannot break your metabolism. Okay? (laughs) When we say metabolic damage, there is ability to damage your metabolism and slow things down. You're never going to break your metabolism. Your metabolism doesn't stop working at any point, guys. I just am so sick of the damn fads and the crazy things that they say out there to sell skinny detox tea because you apparently broke your metabolism and your liver and your kidney failed Your metabolism's gone. Anyways. (laughs) So here's what can happen though. So we're going to talk about a couple different parts of your metabolism, essentially how many, how you burn calories in a day. That's what we consider. So your BMR is your basal metabolic rate. This is how many calories your body burns in a day at rest. Okay. Keep your brain functioning, keep your heart pumping blood, all the things that your essential organs and systems in your body need to work. Okay. When you lose weight, you're either losing fat tissue, muscle tissue, or both. Usually you lose both. A little bit of both. Ideally, you're trying to just lose fat, but when you're in a calorie deficit, there's always the chance you're going to lose some muscle too. So these are both forms of metabolically active tissue, meaning they burn calories at rest. When you lose weight, you are losing total calories burned in a day. So Mm -hmm. your resting metabolic weight will typically decrease because you're just a smaller version of what you used to be. And so now you're burning less calories. Good way to combat this, though, is strength training and keeping your protein levels high. So I just had a conversation with this client last week as we talk so much about protein and the importance of keeping protein high is so that you don't go into catabolism and start burning the muscle mass, right? And so this is where strength training, if you want to look lean, if you want to have a strong physique and look like you work out, you need to eat adequate amounts of protein, strength train, and be in a calorie deficit. Those are kind of like your three things that you need if you want to look lean. Okay. The second thing here is neat. So anytime we're in a calorie deficit, just subconsciously, we start to reduce our movement. So neat is your non-exercise activity. um, And it refers to how much we move in a day outside of exercise. Mm -hmm. So fidgeting, how many steps you're walking in a day, maybe your energy to run errands, parking farther away. Chewing your food just stops doing as much. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it's funny because the opposite is true. If you have more calories, mm-hmm. you find that you're moving and walking, having more energy. I had one of my guys last week email me and he's like, is this normal? Because my steps have like drastically increased and I haven't even thought about increasing my steps. He just has more energy. And so he's like, oh, I want to do more. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go here. And he's not like feeling foggy and bogged down yeah. because his quality of food has changed. So yeah. this is neat will naturally decrease as a way for your body to conserve energy the same way as it will increase if you're increasing your calories and maybe in a gaining phase. Mm-hmm. 
And so the last thing we're going to touch on here is the thermic effect of food. So the thermic effect of food is basically referring to the amount of energy it takes for your body to break down, digest, and absorb our food. So it's estimated that about 10% of our total daily energy expenditure comes from this because it takes a lot of energy for your body to break down food. Fun fact, protein has the highest thermic effect of food. It burns the most calories when you are eating it. So mm -hmm. another little plug to eat more protein. <laughs> um, so how many calories we burn in a day comes from the thermic effect of these foods. So as we eat less calories in an attempt to lose weight, we also see a decrease in the amount of calories we're burning from eating food because we're eating less food. So with all this combined, guys, when you're losing weight, you have less active tissue to burn during the day, you're moving less, and you're also burning less calories because you're consuming less. And so all of this together makes it harder and harder because at one point, eating a certain amount of food caused you to lose weight. Now that amount of food no longer works because all of these changes have been happening. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that this is a huge part of why you either need to not start so low in a deficit so that you have some wriggle room. You can move down a little bit if you stop seeing weight loss because you're not eating 1,100 calories. Because where the hell do you go from 1,100 calories? You can't start eating 800 calories. Unless you want to so, die. Like, like yeah, seriously. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it just it, it boggles my mind yes. that some people are sold – on 800, 500 mm -hmm. calories a day if you're doing something like HCG, something uh. crazy, you know, and no one tells them the side effects of these things. No. They just tell them, hey, you look like you could lose 1,000 calorie deficit. Take this HCG so you're not hungry. Like, come on, guys. Like, we have to be better and we so have to advocate for ourselves. Yes. You should be able to eat food and feel good mm -hmm. and not have to just try to cut, 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 cut. Yes. And honestly, it's not your fault. No, it's not. It's, it's the diet culture. Diet it's social sucks. media. It's the lies. It's the tabloids. It's everything out there that's bombarding you with false information so they can keep selling you products, mm -hmm. right? They can keep selling you the fat burners for 80 bucks a bottle. Yep. Like, that's just an appetite suppressant mm -hmm. instead of caffeine like, or diuretic. Completely. And it also puts you in a really bad mental state, which is our last kind yes. of piece of this before we get into what to watch out for. All of us that have gone through some type of a diet or a calorie restriction know that it's hard. You're tempted. It takes a lot of effort. You find yourself moody eventually. You find yourself taking it out on your spouse or your mm -hmm. friends because you're hangry. And a lot of times you often pity yourself yes. and you feel guilty if you quote unquote cheat yes. on something. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I remember so many times growing up with my brother he would get so freaking hangry and I never understood like what is wrong with you, but like not to like, so my dad would like take us to Hardee's after basketball games uh -huh. and he would like ration that we all get one ninety nine cents hamburger or whatever it was, roast beef. Obviously my brothers were, they were like six to eight years older than me. They just finished a <laughs> basketball game and like playing basketball for a few hours. And of course they're starving. They yeah. wanted like three or four of these. And my dad's like, oh, everyone gets one. And so my brother would be so moody and they would get into like these knockout drag out fights. So hangry is like a real thing. I know that many of you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. where you just really want to, like, kill somebody or cut yeah. somebody off in traffic so you can get to the next place and get something to yeah. eat. Seriously. And, guys, like, if you notice you're way more moody than normal, that's not something that's a good sign. No, it's not. Like, that is happening for a reason. That is another way of your body telling you that something is not right. Right. So um, there was a study that was done that I want to bring up that kind of shows this. And it honestly kind of paved the way for a lot of eating disorders. Um, and the mental aspects that go along so with those. Sad, yeah. So in 1944, there was something that was, it's actually a pretty famous study called the Minnesota Starvation Experiment. 
Um, it was essentially what they did was they took people that would not enlist in the war and they put them in and volunteered themselves for this experiment instead. Um, they were put in an extreme caloric deficit, like I'm talking 500 calories a day type deficit to basically emulate what it was like in starvation camps in, um, you know, Nazi Germany and trying to see the physical and physio psychological effects of famine-like starvation on healthy men and then post-starvation period rehabilitation, basically. Um, please note this study is now seen as extremely unethical. It would never be recreated, but the findings served as a really important way to kind of understand the impacts of eating disorders. Um, so what the study showed was that the majority of the research subjects experienced periods of severe emotional distress and de depression, and they reported a decline, decline in concentration and judgmental capabilities, which makes sense. There was more mood swings, tiredness, impulsive behaviors, other emotional and mental responses. Like, I remember I, I was looking at the research on this one study subject even accidentally cut off one of his fingers. And they weren't sure if, like, it was truly an accident or if, like, he was going so crazy from this famine-like intake that it was almost intentional subconsciously. So, like, there, this is an extreme. Mm -hmm. But it is not to say that when you are not giving your body adequate calories, you will experience a possible decline in concentration yeah. abilities. Are you tired in the afternoon? Are you never able to keep yourself focused all day? Like, are you super impulsive? I think this is such a huge, huge point because people go into these severe extreme calorie deficits on these mm -hmm. bad diets. They lose their ability to concentrate and perform their functions totally. as a human being, whether yeah. it's at work. I actually had a trainer that worked with us. Um, this is several years ago. He was doing body composition shows and we told him the next time that he decided to do that, he was going to need to take the 12 weeks off prior because he literally went brain dead. Yeah. Like he would, he broke a mirror while he was there because he wasn't paying attention. Um, he would just like stand there, like looking at the floor, like <laughs> totally out of it. And it yeah. was because he was so severe, severely carb depleted number one, yeah. but also bodybuilder diet you're eating yes. like egg whites and fish and yeah. broccoli right yep. like extreme calorie deficits like your body is again like we talked about before it's going to protect itself and it has to save energy and conserve yeah. energy and that comes from your brain yeah it'll shut down other things first yeah but um, which we're going to talk about in a second but yeah if you start to notice those things like you guys that is a sign mm -hmm. that you are not getting adequate calories because guess what? If you were getting adequate calories and quality adequate calories, because mm -hmm. I see people all the time that are eating shit for food and they are super tired and they, you know, are still in a calorie excess, but because they're eating horrible food quality, they're still going to be super tired because they're not getting nutrients. Right. But if you're not eating quality calories and enough calories, of course you're going to be tired. You're not giving your body enough energy to function. It reminds me of when I did Weight Watchers and I would choose like all the 100 calorie packs because they were least amount of points. And I was like, okay, so I can eat seven of these 100 calorie packs like in no nutrients at all. So, all right, let's move on here. So how do we identify when we need to take a break yes. from dieting? And this is really hard, right? Like Beck and I talked about in the beginning, it's hard to watch the scale maybe go up a few pounds. It's hard to recognize that what we knew to be true or thought to be true our whole life is actually incorrect. Many people think that they have to keep slashing calories in order to lose weight, eat less, 
lay mm -hmm. uh, way less, and that's simply not true. So this is where you might want to consider, and this is part one, so we're going to get into in the next episode, uh, part two of reverse dieting, how to get yourself out of a severe deficit. But we're going to want to, we want to just cover some things to look out for. Yes. These are signs and symptoms that you are in too far of a deficit or you've been in a deficit for too long yep. and you need to come out of it. Yeah. So I always tell people bowel movements are a really good indicator of are you getting, and this can also be an indicator of like how well your body's detoxifying itself. Um, but if you're not eating enough, guess what? You're not going to be pooping very much. And so if you all of a sudden are noticing like infrequency of bowel movements, you used to go every day and now you're going like every other day, every few days, you're constipated a lot. Mm -hmm. Those are great signs, not great signs. I hate to say great, but those are definite yeah, signs that's a sign. that you are not eating enough. If you're constipated and you're not going to the bathroom every day, as you should, because that's that's normal, mm -hmm. at least once a day. Um, and your shit shouldn't stink. Yeah. Then you are probably <laughs> not eating enough. Yeah. So you're either not eating enough or you're not getting enough fiber, and mm -hmm. that is from high-quality foods. You yes. know, if you're eating a lot of processed foods, your body's not utilizing it as fuel, and so it just kind of sits in there, mm -hmm. and you get backed up. Yep. Second thing is that your sleep quality has decreased. You might find that you wake up in the middle of the night super hungry. I hear this yeah. a lot from clients who are in a large calorie deficit, they wake up in the middle of the night starving. I mean, this yeah. is their body sending the signal like, we need food. Mm -hmm. yeah. You might feel like you wake up and you're super tired, that you yeah. rested for... Feeling like you slept very mm -hmm. well. Totally. Yeah. You might have like uh, low quality sleep on your sleep tracker mm -hmm. if it says like, you know, you didn't sleep very well. And this could be because you're tossing and turning or because yeah. you woke up a few times. It's a variety of reasons. But if your sleep has decreased you're and you wake up feeling fatigued all the time, you need more calories. Your body requires energy to recover itself and it recovers itself overnight, which is a lot of times why people find themselves so hungry at the end of the day. And we talked about this on our late night cravings and eating podcast episode. Go back to listen to that. People get hungry at night because they haven't eaten enough throughout the day. And your body's sending you a signal that I need calories to recover. You're a dumbass that's not giving me enough calories. And so please eat more because I need to recover overnight to keep you alive. Um, if your hunger levels are getting like unbearable, mm -hmm. it's it's a sign. Your body needs more food. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying cravings, you know, you're you're just like a little hungry, maybe you're thirsty, but like if you're truly about to gnaw your arm off. And all you can keep yourself sustained with is chewing gum. Like, you just eat more food, guys. It's not the right time. It's not the right time for the calorie deficit. Yeah. I mean, drink your water. Yes. Look at more voluminous foods, fibrous foods. They're going to keep you full longer. But at the end of the day, like, if you want to gnaw your arm off or punch somebody in the face, like, yes, you are. I just want to make sure that people aren't using this as an excuse. Like, Liz and Becca said, if I felt hungry, I should just eat more. <laughs> because in a calorie deficit, it's normal to feel slight hunger. But here's the thing. If you're in a good calorie deficit, after about three or four days, your body adapts and it is doable for you, you know, and this is again, why we say like three to 400 calorie day deficit. That's something that you can live and be a thriving, yes. smart human being. So, all right. Next one here is performance in the gym. So if you're noticing that your weight is feeling extra heavy, your strength mm -hmm. is decreasing, or you don't have the stamina for endurance, that can also be a yeah. sign. Um, and this goes hand in hand, I believe too, with sleep quality totally. and recovery. Yep. Yep. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're not recovering. You're not right. going to feel strong in the gym. I also think to say, like injuries, if you mm -hmm. notice that all of a sudden, like there's more aches and pains that you used to have, you're coming, like injuries seem to be happening more frequently. I honestly, guys, as bad as this is, like, I believe that when I ruptured my Achilles, when I was competing, I was not fueled properly. 
And a big reason for me rupturing my Achilles in that major injury was because my body was not well enough hydrated because I was not eating enough carbohydrates for how much I was training. Like, yes, some of it might have been the volume and the wear and tear, but if you're not eating enough and you're not eating enough carbohydrates, particularly for performance in the gym, your body's not going to retain enough water and your body retains water in joints and ligaments, just like it does in muscles and everywhere else in the body. So those need to be hydrated. And if they're dehydrated, that can lead to injury. So just another thing to kind of watch out for. Um, the next thing is mood swings. We talked about this. Are you becoming a little bit moodier? Are you snapping on people a little bit quicker? Because those are all signs of not enough food. I'm sorry for what I said when I was hangry. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. totally... Like, I used to have to, like, apologize to Art. Oh, like, Nick has been on the opposite of this wrath way too many times. I'm sorry. I was just really hungry. It's like, I literally go from, like, angel to devil. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just what happens. Um, all right. Here's a, a good one. And again, this goes back to what we talked about before. Scale's no longer moving, and you may actually be starting to gain weight even when you are adherent to your plan yes. and you're being consistent. Yes. So you know, it's just funny what we talk about offline is like, mm-hmm. okay, the last three weeks I have not felt amazing. I haven't really changed a ton. Yeah. So this is, this is fe- feedback from my body. Mm-hmm. This is biofeedback yep. signals saying I need more. Yep. So next one, you're noticing more extreme fatigue or tiredness and lacking energy throughout the day. Do you normally have pretty decent energy and now all of a sudden like you're feeling like you need coffee at 3 p.m., you're even sleeping a lot and you're still waking up tired? That's a huge one. If you are sleeping enough and still waking up tired, there's something going on. You are not getting enough intake. So make sure that you're paying attention to your energy levels. We have our clients track their energy levels all the time throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I'll pay, I pay attention to it all the time too. Like I felt really great and for some reason on starting this week on Monday – I was super tired. I slept enough last night, the night before, and I woke up Monday super tired again today, really tired. So something's going on, and you just pay attention. Pay attention. And I will say, I think the weather is a big impact. Oh, totally. Sunday, it was beautiful outside. I know you guys were out mm-hmm. for a run. We were out walking around. It was awesome. Then Monday, you wake up to this like gloomy, yucky. Like I guarantee when we go upstairs, it's probably snowing now because no. we're expecting the snowstorm. So I think that does play a role, but this shouldn't be day-to-day, right? You should still feel like you're able to function without a whole pot of coffee, mm-hmm. even if the sun's not out. So that's yeah. something to also kind of consider. Um, we talked about this before. So your libido and your sex drive, if sex drive has decreased, um, for females, if your periods have become irregular or stopped altogether, which I know you had happened. Yep. Yep. That was something that at the time I thought was awesome. And looking back on it now, I realized it was a huge shitstorm that I did not even care to address. It was a sign that I was never told to look out for. Um, and I never, sadly, like looking back on it now, I can't believe I ever thought that something wasn't seriously wrong. Mm. Like I was like, oh, I'm just super lean. I lost my period. Yeah. This is great. I don't have a period. You know, you got to give yourself some grace though, because you were in a place like you weren't yeah. educated at that time. You were following the guidance of somebody that you hired and you thought yeah. was really good. Yeah. Uh, you were enjoying being lean. Hell, mm-hmm. I'd love to be as lean as you were, yeah. but not with those repercussions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was always, grass is always greener, right? Totally. Um, and I was moody as F and I snapped on Nick all the time and would let a bad workout ruin my entire day. So okay. it's not always that great. We're happier now. <laughs> Glass of wine, Becca's happy. Yes. <laughs> All right. And then the last one here is if you find yourself getting sick more often. So mm-hmm. this, again, this would tie to a lot of things. It would tie to your energy, your sleep, um, you know, not eating high quality foods like we talked yeah. about. So if you're not getting the nutrients and able to absorb the nutrients, 
and you're not recovering properly, of course your body is going to get sick because that's Mm -hmm. its only way to protect itself and get you to sit your ass down and sleep. Yeah. There are three systems that the body tends to put on the back burner when not getting enough energy that are considered technically like non-essential systems to the body, even though they're essential over time. But that's your digestive system. Mm -hmm. Your meaning like constipation, not going to the bathroom as frequently. Your reproductive system, your menstrual cycle, your sex drive, and your immune response, your immune system. And that is, in turn, obviously going to cause more sickness. Mm -hmm. So you'll see that each three of those systems are probably correlated to all these signs that something's going on. So Mm -hmm. like we said, watch out for these signs, guys. These are all signs that the calorie deficit just needs a break. You need to give your body a break. We're not saying you can never go back to a calorie deficit, but the longer you're in one, the longer you're going to need to take a break from one. And so understand that if you've been in a calorie deficit for two plus years, guys, you're going to need to do some work on the other end mm-hmm. to heal the body, to bring the metabolism back up, to bring your hormones back to a stable place, to make you feel like a human again. Yeah. The good news is there's a way to do this without regaining all of the weight or gaining a lot of weight. So that's what we're going to talk about in part two of this is the concept of reverse dieting and how we start to reverse out of this. Um, because reverse dieting is a tactical way of slowly or for some people quickly, increasing your calories back up to maintenance. And I always stress this word of maintenance (laughs) because people are so afraid. I just had this conversation with my sister and it is so true. We're so afraid to increase calories because we've worked so hard to lose weight. And it's kind of ass backwards thinking that if I increase my calories, I will maintain or I'll lose more than eat less and weigh less, right? And it's just not how the body works. And so if this has been helpful, we would love to hear from you because we know there are so many people who have been in severe calorie deficits that have a lot of these signs of negative biofeedback, and you just simply don't have the education and the support backing what you need for your individual goals. Um, So stay tuned for the second part as we dive into how to reverse diet, how it can work for you, and how we break it all down. Yeah. Eat more food, guys. Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot, share it on Instagram and tag us at lsn.coach and leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye.